Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Benjamin Sisko, Jadzia Dex, Joey Devine, Miles O'Brien, Kiko O'Brien, Sean Keane, Wynn Adami, Special guest, Corbin Smith. Musical guest, Destiny's Child. And now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. And we are back with our second episode in the week. We haven't done two episodes in a week in a while because we've been lazy. Sean Keen, you're here. Sean, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm not sure it was a great idea for us to decide the podcast should tank, but it's actually been helping us a lot on the iTunes <laughs> charts. And I think uh, we're going to be able to draft somebody really great. Uh, we well, we have we did draft somebody really great. It's our guest today. Wow, the host of the Take It or Break It podcast, the only person I know who lives in Vancouver, Washington, and uh, the writer of the Dunk of the Week column for uh, Vice Sports. The amazing Corbin A. Smith is here. Corbin, how oh, are you oh, doing? Oh, the big dog is here. <laughs> Yeah, where's the steak? Oh, num, 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 num. 
I'm good. Anyway. <laughs> um, Corbin. Joey. We did we did Star Trek only characters for you. Well, uh, Deep Space, Deep Space, Space Nine please. specifically. Excuse me. Please. Uh, how did Sean do on his pronunciations of those names? Um, I think he said Keiko funny. Is it? Oh, it's Keiko. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Keiko. There's one really good. Keiko doesn't do much in Deep Space Nine. She mostly gets mad at Miles because she hates living on Deep Space Nine. Uh Uh, But there's one fucking baller ass episode where uh, a a a paw wraith takes over her body, and uh, she uh, and she like spends the whole episode bossing Miles around uh, and making him because they're trying to make a Sensor array to kill the prophets, you know, uh, yeah, Star Trek shit, and uh, uh, it's a good one. So shout out to the lady who played Keiko. You had a you had a you had a task that uh, nobody deserved. All right, uh, now uh, that's Rosalind <laughs> Rosalind Chow. Rosalind Chow, yes, I think Rosalind Chow was in something actually good. Not that Star Trek isn't actually good, but what what was it? Rosalind Chow, Wikipedia. Thank you. Ah, uh, maybe not. I take that back. This has been Chow Talk here on uh, Round Ball Rock. Are, are uh, you confusing? Him, are you confusing her with Miles O'Brien, who was in all those Irish movies? My dad was obsessed with in the nineties. No, nah, dude, Miles. Dude, call Manny's in all kinds of great stuff. Yeah. Call Manny rules, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, he's in. Uh, he's in Layer Cake. He's really good in that. Yeah, call Manny's the best. In, in Deep Space Nine, he just plays like a normal dude, but in most movies, he plays like a violent Irish guy. Yeah. Um. All right. We should probably talk about basketball because Sean's oh. time crunch here. I know. Uh, let's go with our biggest story of the day. Uh, the round ball rockiest story we could find. Uh, guys, Metal World Peace and Tony Robbins sat together at a game. What a duo. What a duo. Um, my first question for you guys is, have you both seen that crazy Netflix Tony Robbins documentary? It's I haven't, but he like he's like tough now, right? Yeah, he like curses more than any person I've ever seen in my entire life. Is it just he's just psyching himself up all the time? No, he's like it's clearly some kind of like brainwash bullshit where he's like, yeah, so you fucked up. Like it's supposed to like throw you off so he can brainwash you. Uh, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> is it brain? Is it brainwashing Joey? I thought he was just sort of a, you know, just a normal inspirational guy. No, there's some nefarious stuff going on with Tony oh, Robbins. Tony, I think. Tony. What? He's, uh, it's gotta suck if he's sitting courtside because he's he's very tall, right, Joey? Yeah, he's like a Frankenstein. He's like a handsome Frankenstein. I remember uh, Haralabob <laughs> would also would would constantly complain about that. Although he apparently likes his books, so if you want to be whatever weird thing that Haralabob does for a living, which I'm not really sure what that is, formerly uh, bet a lot on basketball, I guess. Uh, now it's just like tweet about cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. Um. 
<laughs> I haven't understood a Haralabob tweet in like a year and a half. Yeah, I think I unfollowed. I think I unfollowed at some point when I was like, "This is just a Bitcoin scam now." <laughs> I wonder how much Ripple he's tricked Bill Simmons into buying. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> shouts was, shouts to Bill Simmons and the entire Ringer uh, blockchain. Group. Yeah, <laughs> it's I. Yeah, I. You know, I know you guys don't work in editorial. I guess Sean does, but you know, uh, I don't work in editorial. But the word on the street is the ringer is just a Bitcoin front at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was talking to Spike the other day, uh, Friedman on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only way I talk to anybody anymore is if they're on my podcast or if they're Maureen. And uh, I, um, I uh, like we all know that Bitcoin is for doing crimes, right? Like that's yeah. why it has value because you can buy heroin and weird prostitutes with it. Yeah, I mean, didn't, okay. there was a there was that guy who um, used to operate out of a cafe like two blocks from my old apartment who. Yeah, the guy ran the Silk Road. Yeah, the guy ran the Silk Road and tried to use Bitcoin to hire a hitman. Uh, I believe he did. Well, yeah, it just turned out like the hitman and the target were both like undercover federal officers or something like that. No, but I think that was the second guy he was trying to get killed. I think he'd actually hired someone to get killed using Bitcoin. Yeah, it was um, just a it was yeah. a setup. It was a setup when that happened. Do we remember who the do you remember who the guy he got killed was? No, no, it was not, it was a it was a fake hitman and the target was also like a uh, fake guy. It's uh, one of those great law enforcement skits. Anyway, he he like could have just not uh revealed his IP address or like but I think he was just like I got to go to Phil's. I got to go to Phil's to do my crime. See if he was in Portland, he wouldn't have got the caught. Only place, it's the only place that makes a good rooibos latte. <laughs> um, I was, I heard somewhere was able. The, this is football, sorry guys. Uh, but the reason Richard Sherman, Richard liked, Sherman is basically basketball. It's a, I, I'll, yeah. I'll accept. <laughs> Uh, the reason Richard Sherman like fired his agent and was like, "Yeah, it's okay. I'll just negotiate my own contract." Is he actually was like a super early Bitcoin adopter? Oh! So it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what he makes. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was bound. Like a... for, he was bound for San Francisco the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure he went to Stanford with somebody who was like, "Hey, Richard, you got to buy all this Bitcoin. It's at like thirty cents or whatever." Um. All right. So back to Tony Robbins and Meta World Peace. <laughs> Um, my, my number one question about this is, guys, what would Tony Robbins have done if he were Meta's teammate at the Malice in the Palace? Yeah, like, is he, is he just psyching everybody up to fight the fans even harder? You know, it's like, (laughs) visualize punching that fat kid in the face, execute (laughs) your plan, like, you can, I don't know, is there a lot of positive visualization going on at that brawl? See, I think he hops on the microphone, uh-huh. and it immediately stops. He's just... Like, like, he points out John, whatever that guy's name was, it was John something, uh, and he John goes, Green. Hey, what's your problem with your father? 
And then we learn about how John Green was like molested or whatever, and then oh, they no. and hug it out. Oh no. That's what every Tony Robbins seminar is. You guys gotta watch this documentary, man. So wait, every Tony Robbins seminar is it turns out somebody was molested? Basically. And then oh. they throw a drink on Meta World Peace. And then they and then it would all end with them walking over hot coals. Well, yeah, that's that's that, common. I think that's what Jamal Tinsley does at the real Malice in the Palace. Holding uh, while a holding dust that dustpan, yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Jamal Tinsley was holding a dustpan at the Malice? That's the best part of the Malice in the Palace. So if you you watch the full... If you watch the full Malice at the Palace, yeah, the Criterion they, release. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Only once, the, you can only get it from uh, from tape traders. I, I will. Yeah, it's on Faces of Death, Volume Eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once, uh, once everything's all settled down and the Pacers are being shuttled back into the locker room, they cut to the hallway camera, and Jamal Tinsley comes running out of the locker room holding one of those, like, McDonald's-style dustpans and swinging it like a baseball bat and going to run back out and fight the entire crowd with a dustpan. But Mike Brown gets in his way and is like, no, Jamal, no, and is, like, holding him back. You know what my favorite part of the Malice of the Palace footage is? When, uh, what? when they cut to that crying kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because mostly just because there's like an image in my mind of like this opportunistic fucking Rene Russo ass director of the broadcast being like, let's get that weeping kid on here. <laughs> it's tears. Uh,. The second best. Oh, the, okay. You're right. That's the second best. The third best part is when they cut to Jim Gray and he's been like uh, pepper sprayed. What <laughs> <laughs> another malice? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, there should be more malices at palaces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's uh yeah the, I think a lot of corporate sponsorship makes it difficult for a good like rhyming fight name at least in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, you can't do like Rumble at the Moda. Yeah, right. It doesn't make the yeah, Oracle doesn't really rhyme with anything. Well, that would be that would probably be the the Roracle at Oracle. Yeah, nah, that doesn't work. What would the best stadium to have a Malice be right now? Oh, currently in the NBA, I, I kind of think the Golden One Center, just because there's this like, subservice level malice just in general in the city of Sacramento. But also that place has a bunch of automated trash robots. Yeah, the robots they, would have to break up the fight. If well, I think they're joining the fight. I think it's like the beginning of the singularity, basically. Finally, we have invited for this moment all our lives. And then it, it turns out that Justin Jackson's actually a cyborg. It's like, oh, it all makes sense now. That's why they had to get rid of uh, Papa G, because he was getting too close. They're <laughs> like, we think this guy could take down the robots if, if the fight starts. I wanted to have it at the Nuggets Stadium because I want the low buzzing contempt that Denver has for the Nuggets to blossom into <laughs> genuine hatred. 
and I also want uh, I also just really want to know what Jokic does. I want to know how quickly he walks away. I want to know think, how quickly. Yeah. I feel like he would be just constantly putting his teammates in a position to hit somebody, but he himself is not swinging, and the whole team's like, "Why aren't you, Why aren't you being more aggressive here? Like, just take he's your like, own oh, shots." Hurt, and he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> Yeah, he's like a weird Jackie Chan character where he's like moving into people and then moving out of the way so they punch each other. <laughs> um, Under, underrated, underrated malice, malice location. San Antonio. Oh, well, you know, you get that coyote in the mix. You yeah, know well, that coyote's that, co- that coyote a freak. He don't wear pants and he's high out of his mind. And he's riding in on like a little ATV. <laughs> like that's... That guy's that, gonna, that guy's gonna get a samurai sword like that one lady. That coyote, the coyote. The, I've said this before, but the Spurs mascot is like the only mascot I've ever seen that is clearly like this is this guy's on meth. Um, right. What about? Uh, I think Atlanta's the worst place for a mallet. Oh yeah, that'd my, be horrible. My number one place is obviously Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I want to see like I want to see Woody Allen get punched in the face. Uh, John McEnroe uh, fighting <laughs> like like the, this Indiana Pacers team. Like somehow it's like what happened? Larry David just got punched by Thaddeus Young. I you know the best part about it is that is that I really do think that that Clyde was born to call him Atlas. Oh oh yeah. <laughs> Folks, it seems. Uh, let's see. Uh, I forgot who's on the Knicks right now. And here uh, comes, here comes Lance Thomas with a popping punch to the face. <laughs> also, there would be no crying kids at Mouse. We got these are real kids, people. They're tough. Yeah, and they're and they're all just going like, "Good, you deserve it." <laughs> I would love to see like James Dolan gets his guitar out to calm the crowd and it just infuriates them further. Uh, they start booing their own players oh, for great. not fighting hard enough. Oh, it'd be so tight. Honestly, the malice might have been wasted on the palace. It should have been the should have been the garden. Should have yeah. been the garden. <laughs> we would have had a real fight at the garden. I mean, that guy Jermaine O'Neal punches basically is a Knicks fan. Like he's just wearing he Detroit gear. To be in Detroit, yeah. <laughs> How the hell did Stephen Jackson go his entire career without being on the Knicks? It's crazy. I mean, he's the first year of the big three is kind of like being on the Knicks, though. You know what I mean? Well, he did have Charles Oakley as his coach. And, I mean, one of the best things about seeing the Big Three live was obviously just watching Steven Jackson and Charles Oakley unrelentingly scream at each other for the entirety of their games. Wait, did that really happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, and then I saw the last game of the season where Charles Oakley actually suited up, and all he did was try to injure people. Because he's he's old, he can he can't really move that well. But you know, what do the people want? Yeah, like like you go to see Charles Oakley play basketball. What do you want to see him do? Yeah, I mean, fight uh, guy. Yeah, like start a fight with James Flight White. Apparently, 
I, Corbin, we we yeah. brought this up before, but uh, uh, Meta World Peace, uh, Stephen Jackson, and Chauncey Billups are all on the same big three team. So Wonderful. that's three three big. I guess Chauncey Billups didn't really do anything in the Malice, but I mean they still need to rename the team the Malices. Yeah, I th- or just, the Malice. Malice. Yeah. <laughs> Is that wait wait wait? Did you did you say MWP is on that bad boy? Yeah. yeah. MWP is gonna play in the big three. Yeah. yeah. And Oakley's oh, that's their wonderful. coach. Still. Who's their coach? Oakley. Charles Oakley. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is, I don't like is, that for I don't like that for Ron. I, I, I worry for him. Did Baron Davis also join that team? Uh no, Baron Davis is on another team. Baron Davis is on Allen Iverson's team. They oh. had to replace us. Uh, Allen Iverson with a star who would show up. Yeah, you know what I noticed though. Is Baron Davis still dating Laura Dern? As far Hopefully. as we know, yes. <laughs> good, good for him, man. Good for her too. Yeah, that's a, for that's a, involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think Amari Stoudemire is going to be a great big three player too. But uh, did you know that Big Baby Davis joined the big three? Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, yeah. Boozer? Is he... Oh, shit. Carlos Boozer? Uh-huh. The Boozman? Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see what his hair looks I, like in person. I thought, the Boozman, I, thought the Boozman, I thought the Boozman was still thrown down in China. Well, well it doesn't you know really the... preclude you from playing in the big three. <laughs> All right. I guess that's true. But Carlos Boozer, born in Germany. Who knew? Did you know the Boozman uh, has a podcast with Nate Robinson? No, I didn't. <laughs> How is it? I've never listened to it. I just heard about it. The first time I heard about it was, I guess, they were like at media day for the NBA All-Star game. And they were like wrecking shop and like not acting with decorum. And like I heard the starters talking about it like it would be like LeBron is coming out and then Nate Robinson and Carlos Boozer would just run through crowds of reporters, pushing them out of the way to ask their question. <laughs> they are, I mean, they are very strong. I, you know, makes sense. <laughs> Look, media is very competitive. You got to take whatever advantage you have. Well, and I mean, we know that uh, Carlos Boozer is cutthroat because he, uh, he did stab that blind man in the back that one time. Mm-hmm. What? Um, <laughs> Well, metaphor. Oh. The Cavs' yeah. old blind owner gave him. Uh, they had some under the table deal where it was like, "Hey, you're making the league minimum as a second round pick. We're going to release you from your contract and give you this slightly bigger contract." And then Rob Palinka, his agent, was like, "Dude, they're releasing you. Just sign with whoever you want for lots. Sign of money. with Utah for lots of money." And, and essentially, and then that made LeBron leave. Like four years later, right? Yeah. That's what... Come on, come on, booze man. Um, wait, was the, was their owner really blind? Yeah, yeah Gordon, Gordon Gunn. Gunn. He used to own the Sharks as well. Huh. Uh, there's like a really awkward story in George Carl's book about him, where it's like, because you know George Carl's like a huge asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> When he starts, I forget exactly how the story goes, but like George Carl is like waving his hand in Gordon Gunn's face to be like, "Are you really blind, George?" Come on, TK. 
Um, another story we should probably talk about is uh, apparently yesterday the Warriors. Well, not apparently the Warriors played the Lakers, and Warriors rookie Jordan Bell was walking out of the I'm arena. So glad, I'm so glad I was going to bring this up if you didn't. I'm so. <laughs> and he saw Bill Walton walking, and then Bill Walton was like, "Hey, give me a ride to my hotel," and then he did. <laughs> First off, just want to say Jordan Bell Instagrammed this uh, Bill Walton getting out of the car, mm-hmm. uh, which is the most millennial shit possible. <laughs> uh, have a little dignity or give Bill Walton a little dignity because watching Bill Walton sort of like lurch into his hotel room on this random Instagram, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Well, what was weird about it is Bill Walton didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, in fairness, and I don't know, maybe they had a bad conversation. Did he say, like, <laughs> namaste or quote some, like, words of that lyric? <laughs> I'm in the middle of his book, and, uh, like, every two paragraphs, there's an italicized rock lyric in quotes, like, to transition <laughs> you. But then, like, within the paragraphs, he's also like, and as as John Lennon said, you know, just, like, constantly, I don't know, like, he... When he refers to um, Fogarty and Lennon as, quote, the Johns, it's like, okay, dial it back a little bit, Bill. Is there another John? I mean, what about what about John Wooden? Doesn't he like John Wooden a lot? Yeah, but he's not a – his music yeah, is kind of lacking. That's all. Even even though John Wooden was like, don't smoke weed, wham. <laughs> well, it didn't – in the breaks of the game, doesn't David Halberstam say, like, well, you know – he let Bill Walton smoke weed his senior year, and then they lost a single game. So I guess Bill <laughs> yes. Walton's an asshole. Yes, that is, yes, that is the thing in breaks of the game. Uh, they they should have let Bill Walton smoke weed whenever he wanted at UCLA. He should have been allowed to jog up and down the court with a spliff in his mouth. Yeah, they still would have won every game. Yeah. Except that one, and I don't know, some game he lost that still apparently haunts Bill Walton today. Oh, my God. Athletes, am I right? <laughs> Let's be honest. It was probably Jamal Wilkes' fault. Um, all right. Uh, uh, but first question, as a man who lives in the Pacific Northwest, Corbin, uh, yeah. how does it feel to watch two Oregon legends uh, drive each up, go on a car ride together? It brought, it, a tear, it brought a tear to my eye. Is it the Pacific Northwest version of that uh, Uber ride with LeBron James and Kevin Durant? Yes, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear them talk about uh, <clears throat> the perils of success and uh, another thing. What else did LeBron and Kevin Durant talk about in that car ride? Honestly, haven't watched it. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Either. Yeah, I don't think I did either. It's mostly just like where are the best sex clubs across America. Uh, what what's it like to drink? Like a like has has Peter Thiel convinced you to like replace your blood with younger people yet? Yeah. Uh, where in the Cayman Islands are you hiding your money? Yeah. Whatever, whatever draft time comes along, LeBron likes to get in the war room and say, "Hey, I think that guy has good blood." Yeah, <laughs> that's how uh, Shabazz Napier got picked by the Miami Heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LeBron took a, secretly took a blood sample at the the hoop summit, and then hey, like, Shabazz, you're looking good, right? And pr- pricks him with a needle. 
It's also how Shabazz Muhammad didn't get drafted to the Heat because the LeBron found out he had blood that was two years older than he was claiming. Ooh. All right. Um, <laughs> you know what? If anybody in the NBA has lethargic blood, it's probably Shabazz, uh, Shabazz <laughs> Muhammad. I saw him in the hoop somebody played in. That was like one of the most embarrassing basketball games I've ever seen anybody play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because the U.S. team lost that year, and he scored, like, 36 points and was just heaving up the worst bullshit imaginable. Uh, it was it was real embarrassing. Uh, and then uh, Canada and Wiggins beat him just by, like, playing a normal basketball game. Well, I mean, uh, Andrew Wiggins just, uh, he just wins. He doesn't do anything yeah. else. Yeah, he's a winner. Uh, yeah, let's talk yeah. about Andrew Wiggins, actually. I'm going to skip ahead here before. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, so, Andrew Wiggins, uh, according to a report, has been whispering to his teammates that he's unhappy being the third option. My God. First of all, it's really <laughs> creepy to whisper to Todd Gibson. Hey, Carl. Like, like... Hey, Carl. I think I'm, I think I was destined for greater things, Carl. I mean, I do I do think he's bad at being a third option. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll be better as a second option. It's a weird like it's always a bad sign when it's like, "Hey, we we added this top 10 NBA player. Um do you think you guys could play together?" And Andrew Wiggins is like, "Absolutely not." I, I need you to get Shabazz Muhammad to replace Jimmy Butler in the starting lineup for me to truly shine. Yeah, get it together, Wiglor. I is there any basketball internet person who doesn't just like boil over with loathing because of marginal advanced stats things about Andrew Wiggins, you think? Oh, it it infuriates people. <laughs> there's there is arguably no player that makes people like like nerds angrier than andrew wiggins yeah like i feel like just the mention of like andrew wiggins uh like his defensive plus well his real plus minus will <sighs> cause ben golliver to flip a table at a bar <laughs> i know ben you want to you want i know ben a little you want to know you want to know a fun fact about ben yes please very very tall like incredibly tall, and you're Bender. you're pretty tall, right, Corbin? Yeah, I'm like six two. He's way taller than me. Oh, wow! I I didn't know. That's it's gonna make me think differently about his writing. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> also, like a fun guy, but like, but like, but like tall, tall. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this has been Golver Talk here on yeah. Rock. <laughs> This week's Round Ball Rock is sponsored by Orange Julius Nance Jr. Do you like NBA basketball and creamy orange beverages? Do you enjoy the flavor of a creamsicle and the potential of an athletic, poorly shooting big man? Then you should come to the Orange Julius Nance Jr., the new drink stand at LA Live, the West Coast's number one entertainment destination. Just like Larry Nance Jr. at the dunk contest, this beverage will come in second place at best at quenching your thirst. Do they sell Orange Julius there? Yes. Was the original plan to call it Orange Julius Randall? Yes. 
Did the store owners panic when they thought the Lakers would get rid of him to clear cap space? Yes. Was the deposit with the sign maker refundable? No. Look, the entire store is full of Larry Nance Jr. memorabilia, and now he's been traded to Cleveland. He can't even drink an Orange Julius because he has Crohn's disease. So come try an Orange Julius Nance Jr., a drink that's always cool because it can't escape its father's shadow. Thank you, Orange Julius Nance Jr. Corbin, you and I were sort of we were sort of dancing around this on Twitter last night. But this is our main question for the day, I think. And it's uh you believe that Brad Stevens is the NBA coach who has had the least sex, correct? 100%. Even even if even if he has, he spent the entire time thinking about uh plays. <laughs> he's uh he is our he is our he is our number one Valsal coach. Uh, yeah. I don't have much so, more to say about that. The man clearly just doesn't have sex. <laughs> so, but we're going to talk about which NBA coaches had the most sex. Okay. So I brought this up on Twitter last night and somebody, I, I, I need to credit who, because I, it's Eric for you. It was you, Eric Freeman. You initially said answer. it was Scott Brooks. I said then- it was Scott Brooks. Because you, I said it was Scott Brooks, and I want to, I want to justify my Scott Brooks pick before we get on to how wrong I was. Okay, <laughs> Scott Brooks was a squirrely athlete who got into the NBA, and if you like, and like clearly has like confidence that goes way beyond his his station in life. You know what I mean? Well, and he which was like is a still- Division Two player who didn't even transfer to a D one school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And was, yeah. didn't he go there because of, like, a sick parent or something, too? <laughs> I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they were like, Scott Brooks had to work in a coal mine until he was 22, <laughs> and then Rocket Scout's on. And... But, but, but that, but, like, he just clearly has, like, a an inlaid confidence that goes so far. Because, like, you see him in, in person, and he's just, like, this, like, you know sort of dipshit guy and but like there's clearly something boiling right under the surface there that's keeping him like coaching nba teams and like telling reporters that he thought he was a great nba player and and, like becoming an nba player and shit that i think really serves him well as a dude who has sex okay i think that's fair uh, um, yeah, Eric Freeman said Mike D'Antoni. No, before oh, yeah, I was going to oh, say, sorry. before we get to the correct answer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my immediate response was Mike Woodson, even though he's not a coach anymore. I think Mike Woodson has had like a ton of sex. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You don't have that. You don't have that. That mustache is the scarlet letter of dudes who had sex. I mean, yeah. Does, does Fizdale count? He's like I feel like he's in like a different category. I feel like Fizdale has a little too much uh like inlaid rage to be a guy who has sex all the time. But he was just he was just in Miami for so long and he's such yeah. a handsome dude. But okay, but then then that gets us to Spolstra, who is I think the most mysterious coach insofar as has he had sex because he has that Brad Stevens <laughs> like technocratic thing going on but he mm-hmm. also is a dude with that haircut who lives in Miami well his, well his girlfriend is like a way younger I think former Miami Heat team dancer okay. Spolstra's right. girlfriend? Yeah uh, 
Well, here's here's my argument for Spolstra having had a ton of sex. I don't think Pat Riley would accept a coach that ha- that doesn't get down. Yeah, that's what happened with Stan Van Gundy. Was <laughs> Riley was like, eh, he's married. Like he's not. He's not going above and beyond. Like when you work for Pat Riley, if he's recruiting a free agent, he dumps his championship rings out of a bag. But if you're coaching for him, he takes your wedding ring and puts it in a bag. It's like, <laughs> on the road, you're single, baby. That's how the Showtime Lakers work. They just they ran on banging. Uh, I will say this about Stan. I think he's faithful to his wife, mm-hmm. but I think he fucks. Oh, that sure. was going to be uh, my second question, which is which Van Gundy brother has had more sex? Stan. Stan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's not even close. I don't think. I think. I think there is a strong argument for Toronto Raptors coach Dwayne Casey. However, uh, because he, the life he's had, he like won a national championship at Kentucky, and then like after he graduated continued to coach Kentucky and I feel like that's like in like 1979 that seems like he was like royalty for quite some time but then he (laughs) he he also worked in Japan for a while as a young man he lived in Seattle in the 90s and he didn't get married until he was 49 years old whoa all right that guy fucks he's like on the road good looking (laughs) yeah and well, I think I kind of married like... at 49 had way too much sex. Yeah. <laughs> That's like why it took him a while to get a head coaching opportunity because they're like, he is busy. He is too busy <laughs> to really break down game film. Um, uh, also, Corbin, in researching this question, I learned that your favorite NBA coach, uh, Rick Carlisle, married to a pediatrician. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Rick Carlisle is probably my favorite NBA coach. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, but let's get to the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, Eric Freeman had it right off the bat. It's Mike D'Antoni. It's D'Antoni. That guy, that guy played in the European League in the 70s. Like, 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 what do you, like, what else do you do? After playing a Euro League game in the seventies, well, he had to like, actually retire the mustache because of state indecency laws in Texas. <laughs> like normally, they the, the Rockets really have to have these trollish coaches just to keep it like under command. It's like, all right, well, Rudy, Rudy T, or Van Gundy, or Kevin McHale, like just lurching around. Tony, they're like you can't you can't have that same mustache that's been to Europe. You need you need a clean (laughs) lip here. In fairness, Kevin McHale had some sex in his day. Let's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot. I'm sure it was all like a lot of herky jerky moves where, like, eventually the result was pretty good. But his partner's like, "Are you really just going to be like moving around for nine minutes before you?" Also, like, after he climaxed, he would put his arms above his head and show off his really hairy armpits. Hey, man, some people probably liked that. You know what? I think that we're 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 being uh, we're we're you know, I could imagine somebody finding Kevin McHale's sex object uh, really beautiful. 
Yeah, he was on Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Where all the sex objects are on uh, Cheers. The mailman went. <laughs> Ratzenberger. <laughs> Alley. <laughs> There it is. Kirstie Alley on Cheers is the hottest woman I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> I, I don't really know what you're talking about. You know, I get like the joke, but but yeah, Kirstie Alley was unbelievably attractive in the eighties. Um, I I was a coach man. That's who I liked on Cheers. Um, all right. Oh, I uh, thought you were gonna go get it a dauber for a second. Oh, no, I was no. like, whoa. <laughs> Uh, you know, the old man who died pre before Woody showed up. All right. Um, guys, is Stan Van Gundy getting fired? Uh, I, I don't know if that party boy owner is going to tolerate much more of this. I mean, they kept talking about how he's going to get fired as the, the GM and Arn Tellum's going to take over. But I feel like they're probably going to fire him as the coach, too. Uh, I'm reading an article about it now to see if I can make an opinion. I don't know. Probably. It seems like that's what everybody wants to do when a season is disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I looked up an article and there's a picture of Tiger Woods biting a golf club in this article. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if he gets fired, should he replace Mark Jackson on ABC telecasts? And it's just Mike Breen and two Van Gundys. Yeah, that'd be great. Mark Jackson's very bad. Yeah. Uh, here's a question about the Van Gundys, though, that I worry about with that. Do they have their own, like, Nell language? Oh, where you they're know? just, like, where Jeff's, Jeff's, like, complaining about officials, and then Stan just gets into this kind of ice. He's like, ice, ice, and then <laughs> yelling out basketball plays to each other. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so the second, the next question we have here from Sean is... Can, we, can I, can I derail yeah. us really quickly? Because yes, we've, we've inadvertently landed on a, a pet topic of mine, which is Mark Jackson, uh, calling <laughs> basketball games. Uh, uh, I, I loathe it when Mark Jackson calls basketball games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very bad. And, uh, and I... And and I like to use Mark Jackson as sort of the primary person in my argument for Reggie Miller. Right. Uh, well, that's... There... I mean, Reggie Miller is also a bad announcer, though. He is much better than Mark Jackson as an NBA player and an announcer, but Reggie's still terrible as an announcer. Now... Underrated as a may... player. Sir, almost certainly a lover. player. Also, probably, also probably appropriately <laughs> rated as a lover, but uh... oh no, 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 Reggie Miller fucks. I just uh, think well, I just think people know that. Okay, I guess that's fair. Like, no, you don't you don't get a belly, you don't get a tattoo around your navel if you don't do insane things in the. In the, in the well, back. and you also don't have someone pay uh, a skywriter to fly with a banner that says Reggie stay away from other people's wives <laughs> over Indianapolis and didn't you know, didn't, a, didn't a girlfriend allegedly burn down his house in Indianapolis too uh, that is the alleged story yes <laughs> apparently if you, apparently if you get drunk with Jalen Rose at a party he'll say that shit happened <laughs> Well, our friend, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, 
Megan Gailey says that's definitely whose, whose what happened. Whose parents happens. live across the street from Victor Oladipo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last time we had her on, she called Club Rio, the strip club that Steven Jackson got in the gunfight at. Um. Okay, but anyway, but here's the thing. So Mark Jackson, first off, they always use him on Warriors broadcasts, which is so annoying. And and uh, I, I suspect that you two as a – Keen, you're also a Warriors fan, right? Yeah, I've said before that listening to Mark Jackson do a Warriors playoff game is like having your most bitter ex-girlfriend narrate your wedding night. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, – or anyway. Uh, uh, but here's the thing. Mark Jackson is just the most like relentlessly like dour and negative dude in the world. And say what you will about whether or not Reggie has a fundamental understanding of how the NBA works. <laughs> At least he is happy to be there. At least he is like constantly like having a good time, you know, making bad jokes, bringing a little sunshine to the proceedings. <laughs> You know, I don't need some. Uh, I don't need some uh, basketball genius. I just need somebody who makes me feel good. And Reggie Miller makes me feel good. Even complaining about, like, complaining about Mark Jackson, fucking sucks. It's just like, oh my, like, because you just get into all of his psychodrama, all of his right. bullshit. Complaining about Reggie's fun because you're like, Reggie, come on. Like, at least Reggie knows he's the villain in his own story. Mark Jackson right. does not. <laughs> yeah, Mark Jackson thinks everybody is still rooting for him. The Warriors did him wrong. Rather than firing Mark Jackson being one of the, like, the top three things the franchise has ever done. Who, and replacing uh, him with a guy who's also a significantly better broadcaster. As well as a significantly <laughs> better NBA coach. And you know what? I'll say it. Better NBA player. Oh, Kerr over Mark Jackson? Look, I won't actually say that, but I will say this. Mark Jackson played on so many garbage teams uh, where he held the ball all the time uh-huh. while while Steve Kerr was winning three titles by spotting up and deferring. And running I'm... all the time and not yeah. just the... backing somebody down. The funniest thing about Mark Jackson, the player... Is that when he, when old, old, he was very old at this time. It might oh, be his talking- last season when he goes to Utah. Oh my God. And thinks he should be starting point guard over John Stockton. No, but and it's like- even like weirder than that. Like he like, he like <laughs> went on a palace intrigue campaign, like, sh- like whisper campaign against Stockton and like hurt Stockton's feelings a bunch. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I don't think it's hard to hurt John Stockton's feelings. <laughs> um, Alright, there's one last thing I want to talk about uh, for uh, with you, Corbin. Well, there's two things we want to do. Sean, do you want to bring up? This is something you wanted to talk about. Uh, the other day, Corbin, you asked on your podcast, Take It or Break It. No, this Great is- podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, you asked if anyone want uh, if anyone gets super high and listens to Dunked On. Uh, yeah, I'm, and, I'm I'm very curious. And Sean wants to know, Corbin, what are the bet what are the best podcasts for each drug? Like basketball podcasts? Uh, really? Any yeah, no, any podcast. Really? One second. There's only up. there's only like three basketball podcasts that matter. <laughs> let's be honest. 
Yeah, and it's take, take it or break, break it. it. The low round post. ball rock, no round ball rock, uh-huh. and fast break breakfast. And fast break breakfast, baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I w- I need a list of drugs, please. Drugs. Yeah. Well, list. What, what's a good? What's a good? What's your best? Like, if you just want to get tanked on some some bourbon and just listen to a podcast. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's probably gonna have to be. Uh, I think Sim. I think Simmons is good for that because you could go. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I don't want to say anything bad about Bill Simmons because I want him to pay me to write someday. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm just. But just like uh, you know, his opinions have the sort of uh, have the sort of can canter. Of uh, of uh, of f- feeling a little drunk and feeling yourself, and maybe missing a few details. Mm-hmm. And, so, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I think uh, I think you you get hammered. You listen to Bill Simmons. You go, you tell him, Bill, you yeah. old son of a bitch. Get, di- get right. like deep into a guess the lines. I think with cousin Sal. Oh yeah, I think oh, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> cousin Sal. <laughs> I neglect my children for gambling too. (laughs) All right. um, uh, What about cocaine? Uh, Dunked on. (laughs) And you you have to get like cocaine and a special podcast player that'll allow you to listen to it on 3X. Yeah. And then you can like, that's the only way you can actually keep up with the rate of dunked ons yeah yeah you'll and you'll and like you that's the only way you can get all the information in a dunked Uh on is just like it's just like your your mind is you know (laughs) and it's yeah it just plays into your brain too when you're like i did want to list all the best point guards since 1979 (laughs) (laughs) these guys are talking about i was just about to make the list yeah let's Um, redraft let's redraft the 2004 second round (laughs) all right what about ecstasy all right so we're gonna need we're gonna need a podcast that really bangs right we're gonna need one that's all about like making you feel good Uh Mm -hmm. oh geez Uh, well i mean i think one of those npr podcasts that's probably where yeah um the uh the uh the the radio lab supreme court podcast you guys know (laughs) Uh, that, that, here's, okay, here's my argument against that one. Uh, that theme song is too creepy. All right, just straight up Radio Lab then. How about Radio? Is yeah. That, all right. Yeah, that works. Yeah. I was going to say Reply All, but Radio oh, Lab also works. I was Reply All too. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever listened to Reply All. What happens uh, on Reply All? It's great. It's, uh, it's like Radio Lab, but it's two guys and it's just internet-based stories. So right. it'll be like, uh, yeah, like deep dives on internet stuff. So like, like they had like a lady who was like, I think I had fifty cents worth of Bitcoin somewhere, and it'd be worth like eight thousand dollars now. Can you help me find it? <laughs> uh, Did she find it's it? really good. Yeah. Well, it turned out she didn't have any. Oh. Uh, she'd spent it all on this on drugs on the Silk Road. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. What's another good drug, Sean? Mushrooms? Mushrooms. Mm, I don't really know. how. Do, they're just like a mild... They're like a sort of middling hallucinogen, a mushroom. Yeah. 
Uh, I have one for this. Uh, I think it's I Am Rappaport. <laughs> I think that's a recipe for a bad trip. You know, like, you want to go out in the woods with your friends and then have a guy just yell at you for about an hour and a half? I think you need a gentle voice of explanation, and I think that there is no finer gentle voice of explanation on this or any planet than that of Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. I think I'd find myself, like, arguing with Terry Gross if I was on Mushrooms. (laughs) Okay, Sean, what about... Go ahead. Are you one of those dudes who doesn't like Terry Gross? I mean, I'm just sort of disinterested. One time a teacher drove me home from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember why. but um, uh, And uh, Terry Gross was on. And she was just like, oh, I hate Terry Gross. And I was like, everyone likes Terry Gross. What are you talking about? In my head. I think I think her interviews are kind of boring. And so I, I, don't, I don't have like passionate feelings. I'm just never going to seek that out. I don't agree, man. I think she gets to the heart of a lot of deep truths about her guests. I mean, I, I already <laughs> lived in Berkeley. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, wow. I don't need to go back to the listening to uh, to a woman like Terry Gross. Like, I've been to a city council meeting. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say, I don't listen have to, to a woman. To woman. <laughs> All male podcasts. <laughs> Testosterone. Uh, yeah. Um,. All right, let's uh, let's let's talk about the Blazers real quick. Uh, yeah. Corbin, you're a Blazers fan, and you cover the Blazers. First seed, baby. <laughs> uh, who do you want the Blazers to play in round one? Uh, anybody, all comers, will destroy all of you. Uh, wait, who's actually who's in the who's in the playoffs again? <laughs> it's not clear. There's there's ten teams fighting for it. Yeah, you got yeah your true. your boys, the Utah Jazz. Um, uh, I couldn't handle that. That would be too hard for me. The current uh, six is the Timberwolves. Uh, oh my God! I uh, okay. Number one is the the Thunder because they're going to flame out in the first round, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, being there for that I think would be really rewarding. To I would love to see Paul George decide to come to the Blazers after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just like just like him getting screamed at by. Uh, Westbrook and then Lillard like sidling up to him and like grabbing his shoulder and saying hey man are you okay he doesn't yeah. let him talk to you like that yeah <laughs> also I think Damian Lillard is as good as Russell Westbrook uh, if not better I, it I, would be I, nice to uh, have the rest of society start to think that um, yeah because our... he uh, does a lot of the things uh, Westbrook does which is to say he drives to the rim and makes layups and creates plays, uh, but he doesn't uh, do everything he can to push his teammates out of the way for rebounds, uh, and he knows how to take a three-pointer. Yeah. Although, yeah. I gotta say, Russell Westbrook, if they switch places, the thrift store industry in Portland would yeah. go to another yeah. level. Because <laughs> Russell Westbrook only wears each outfit once. Yeah. <laughs> Westbrook would walk into every thrift store and the and like the they would have cameras outside of their thrift store to uh know when they can mark stuff up. <laughs> uh all right, and our uh, next Blazers question for you, Corbin, is who's the former Blazer least suited to the city of Portland? I have oh my. a theory about this, but I, I would love to hear your theory. If you would have told me this earlier, I could have spent some time thinking about yeah, it. But yeah, please yeah. um so I thought I I thought Chris Kamen 
is a very weird Portland Trailblazer. Mm, he is white. Yeah, yeah, I guess that. Yeah. Uh, and he's sort of you like Chris he sort of matches non-Portland Oregon pretty well when it's like, yes. yeah, it's my birthday. I'm going to shoot at a Honda Civic with an AR-15. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the Cayman. Cayman was a player for the rest of Oregon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm about to say something. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is the strangest, like great Portland trailblazer uh, because he's a big man who couldn't pass. Uh, uh, he is almost allergic to enthusiasm. Uh, and um, and also he uh, was uh, the devil incarnate released. On- <laughs> See, to oh. me, I hear that and I'm like, oh, so he's just basketball's uh, Decemberists. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say LaMarcus Aldridge is definitely a solo performer. Yeah. He's uh, – <laughs> if you were going to compare him to a Portland – you would have to probably say Elliot Smith. Uh, because he de- makes you want to kill yourself? Is that – Yeah, because he's incredibly <laughs> depressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be an Elliot Smith got murdered by his girlfriend truther. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm an Elliot Smith got murdered by his girlfriend. Truth so same here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my friend was in a band with Elliot Smith in high school when he was still Steve <laughs> Smith. And uh, there's an amazing track, if you can find it, called uh, it's um, called The Machine. And it's like a real synthesizer heavy thing where um, it's a song about uh, how, the, how we all have to fight against the machine. And uh, there's this like is this heat, is this heat misers no this band? is pre heat misers this is like oh, his okay. high school band whatever that was called but they keep it, the breakdown part is he's like and here we have racial prejudice and then they like play a riff on the synthesizer and then he's like and here we have sexual prejudice it's like very meaningful and they all get sucked into the machine well, well, that'll be our closing song on the podcast. <laughs> Sounds like Bill Walton would like would like it. Oh, uh, Bill it. Walton hates the damn machine. All right, uh, Sean, how are you doing on time? Should uh, we finish up here? Let's let's finish up here. I have to I have to pick up a child okay. soon. Corbin, we've reached the end of the takes portion of our podcast, <laughs> and I am holding in my hands a Star time. Trek a Star Trek Trivial Pursuit card. Okay, I'll uh, Star Trek that I could do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you uh, five Star Trek to Real Pursuit questions. And if you get uh, at least three right, you have won today's Round Ball Rock podcast. Oh my God, I, cannot, I cannot wait. <laughs> okay, uh, first question. Uh, what colony did the notorious Kodos the Executioner govern? <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Uh, The correct answer is Tarsus Four. That sounds like some. That sounds sounds like some real TOS shit. If you're asking me, but all right. Would you have? uh, Would you have accepted Tardis, Joey? No. No. Not. We are not playing Doctor Who trivia. No. Get out of here, nerd. Doctor Who is bad. Doctor Who is for babies. (laughs) 
I just looked at a picture of Kodos, the executioner. Not very intimidating. All right, Corbin. Uh, he also, oh, well, here, you know what his alter ego is? A Shakespearean actor. That is some real Roddenberry shit right there. Yeah, that is some out of, that is some out of control original. original uh. Uh, all right, Corbin. Who was the captain of the Astral Queen? <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> Gonna go with uh oh is it or oh, um is it that guy Rain Wilson plays? I don't know. I just have a name. I don't oh. know anything about Star Trek. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the, um, the guy Rain Wilson plays. You're gonna say his name, and I'm gonna uh, and I'm gonna be uh, that guy. I think that's who I think uh, it is. John Daly. No, nah, I was wrong. Wait, John Daly? <laughs> that's what it says. Uh, no, I think it's the UCB comedian. Um, <laughs> Rain Wilson's character's name is Roger Mudd. Yeah, Mudd. Yeah, yeah. Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd, sorry. Yeah, Harry, Harry Mudd. Mudd. Harry Mudd is also a character in the original show. That sounds like a like a dirty nerd joke. <laughs> That's a very intense all right, Corbin, you got to go three for three on these last questions here oh, to man. win yeah. today's round ball rock. I hope you don't mind me saying uh, this is a this is a um, deja vu I always have that I'm going to be on a podcast and asked a bunch of questions. <laughs> and uh, right now I'm like having a low key deja vu freak out uh, about uh, my, uh, the, the, the thing. Anyway, I get deja vu a lot. This has been Corbin talking about deja vu. <laughs> Uh, all right, this is probably going to give away how old this uh, this Trivial Pursuit card is, but the, our next question is, who was the only cast member to be in both Star Trek pilot episodes? That is, um, that is Roddenberry's wife. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The correct answer is Leonard Nimoy as Spock. Oh! Shoot, I actually think technically Nimoy's wife works there because she voiced the computer, but okay, fine. I mean, we'll take it. I'll give I'll give you that one. All right. Sorry, I are... forgot I forgot the original Star Trek. But yes, Nimoy is obviously in both pilots. My apologies to Leonard. All right. Your next question is what device did the crew use to understand alien languages? Um the universal translator. Correct. Oh my God. This is dramatic. <laughs> All right. And here we go. Your final question. What sort of alert demanded extreme urgency? Is that really the last question? I mean, do you want the harder of the two? I mean, it's a red alert. Uh, no, it is not. It's a what? double red alert. Oh, that's fucking <laughs> bullshit. What's the last wow. question? Uh, it's the giant brain-like life forms on Triskelion were known as what? I do not know. <laughs> the correct answer is the providers. Thank you, Joey. I'm going to say you know who else is a provider. <laughs> Red Miller. <laughs> um, Corbin, would you like to plug anything? Yeah, listen, take it a break at Sports Takes Game Show. Dreams or nightmares. One of the it's only great. podcasts I listen to anymore. Thank you, Sean. Uh, yeah. Big uh, fan. Uh, 
Uh, we have a. We didn't talk about March Madness at all because we're all uh, good NBA boys. Yeah. Uh, we don't watch that bullshit. Am I right, guys? Correct. I've watched. I've never. Ugh. This is the year I've known the least about college basketball since I was since I can remember knowing about college basketball. Uh, but uh, but I. So, but I do have a college basketball episode up right now. It's got Ricky O'Donnell and such Johnson. And um uh yeah, read me a vice. I got some things at Deadspin here and there. Uh Oh, that's the mushroom podcast. The Deadcast with our friend David Roth. And uh and Drew McGarry. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts David's on lately. And I and like David's like my friend friend. Mm-hmm. And I and I always feel strange about being like, oh, oh, hell yeah, David's on this podcast. Because I always enjoy David on the podcast, but also like I know David. Mm-hmm. That's always a little strange for me. Are you like he's? Do you feel like his dead cast persona is is not the same? As no, he acts. Rough? No, he acts exactly the same on every podcast and when you meet him in person. It's almost unnerving, honestly. <laughs> David literally just never stops being David. He just like drifts from thing to thing, just continuing to be David. Just rothing it up all the time. Yeah. Have you guys had David on? Yeah. yeah. That's what got you to listen to the podcast, I think. Oh, I think I actually I listened to when Eric was on. But... Oh. Well, he's, he's great, too. Um, all right, Sean. Would you like to plug anything? Yeah, uh, you can see... Check out the Everything Report, and we're going to be showing my my fake newscast, the Everything Report, and we'll also be showing uh, an Everything Report video featuring Joey Devine as well at the Super Serious Show in Los Angeles on uh, May twenty first, March twenty first. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's a long. Yeah, that would be a long term thing. It's next Wednesday in Los Angeles. Um. Yeah, and as for me, uh, I'm a writer on the new L.A.-based live talk show, Democracy Dies After Dark with Josh Androsky. Who's the guest in that first show? Chapo Trap House, baby! Oh, my God. Uh, Hell, yeah. Are we in the DSA now? Yeah, I I mean, the idea is that it's like a leftist version of The Daily Show. So that's L.A.-based. Uh, it's March 22nd at Dynasty Typewriter at the Hayworth in Los Angeles. Uh, tickets are a sliding scale. Oh. Um, yeah, bring canned and then, food uh, and like a bandana and some mustache <laughs> wax. And an AK-47. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Whoa, Chris Kamen uh, just showed up again. <laughs> Chris Kamen wouldn't use an AK. That's a, that's a, that's a communist gun. He, it's like he's like rocket launcher only. Yeah, come on. Um, all right, as always, you, and of course, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Where this week I tweeted, just had In and Out for dinner, and all it did was solidify the fact that Five Guys is so much better. <laughs> Hashtag y'all are sheep. <laughs> Every time you do this. When I listen to this, because I'm a listener, not to brag or anything, but every time you do it, I, I, I'm like stunned by how much I hate him. <laughs> well, thank you, Corbin. That's kind of my point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I understand I'll... that, but like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Also, today is Billy Crystal's birthday. Yes, actually. Uh, I should have mentioned that off the top. Yes, uh, you can also, if you go on MSN, I've got a gallery uh, tribute to Billy Crystal's 70th birthday that's up today, too. So you can check that out. It may Uh, not have a byline. Did you use that Chuck the Condor joke? Uh, No, but it's going to be on the podcast. I'm so happy and I'm really relieved to be here because during the trading deadline there were rumors I was going to New York for Spike Lee and because I asked Mr. Bomber he said hey listen nobody's safe except the condor the condor have you seen the condor the condor the condor um all right uh hey thanks for being on Corbin oh thanks Sean my pleasure. Uh, you guys trust the, the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. Let's wish Billy Crystal a happy birthday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.